On this edition of Oski Talk, we talk about Illinois basketball's win over Minnesota and preview their upcoming game against Rutgers on Sunday. We also talk Illinois football, who takes on Penn State this weekend without Lovey Smith, and we talk about who the future head coach might be. Let's go. This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. (laughs) McCourt for the win. In the air. Welcome in to another edition of Oski Talk. I'm Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Catazone. Got a football team and a basketball team in season. Whenever that happens, you got a jam-packed episode. So with that, we'll get right into the front page. Illinois starts off Big Ten Conference basketball play with a huge win over Minnesota, 92-65 to the final. Kofi Coburn had his best game as an Illini so far, 33 points and 13 rebounds. Andre Curbelo was great. Adam Miller was in double figures. Io DeSumo put up a, t- a quiet 10-6-4, and, and the Illini are now 1-0 in conference play. Yeah, it was a great game uh, for Illinois. Obviously, uh, we, we were almost up by 40 points at one point. Um, those are kind of the games that, while aren't very exciting or fun to watch because it's nice to be up by that large of a margin, I love those games. It it, it kind of seems like this year has been lose hard, win big, which is quite a way to <laughs> quite a way to play. Um, makes games very stressful towards the end, but uh, on, on those other days, you feel really good about the team. And uh, I felt like in this one, it was, it was all about getting uh, Kofi going. Uh, he's kind of struggled pretty much every game this year, and, and this one just felt really good. His hands looked a lot better in this one. He was confident shooting the ball. Uh, he was making good decisions where you weren't like, oh, Kofi, what are you doing? And and they were feeding the ball to him in unbelievable ways. I mean, I think the, the one play that sticks out to you the most has to be the Corbello pass right under the hoop to Kofi uh, for the easy slam. So, you know, once Illinois was able to exploit the fact that Robbins basically fouled himself out of the game, it was it was easy for Kofi. Curbelo found himself on Sports Center's top ten because of that. I mean the thing the thing about Kofi, we both talked about it. You need to see more out of him, need to see more out of him. This game was exactly what you want to see, and if he could keep that up rolling into the Big Ten conference, there's only maybe two, three teams tops that have the height and the I guess the the ability to contain him. The other teams, Kofi's gonna be a major key to Illinois success. You know, after the game when Io dropped 36 against Missouri, the, the storyline that Underwood kept saying is, if we need him to score 36 points, we're not going to win. But for some reason, when Kofi scored 33, it, it feel, felt like exactly what you needed to win. It, it's a different element. Io's more carrying um, the team, whereas when Kofi gets going, everybody's involved feeding him. Um, and then it opens up looks outside. Kofi, like you said, was really smart decision-making-wise. If you didn't have it, Adam Miller or Trent Frazier was on the, the wing to knock it down. They made a lot more threes than they did against Missouri. It was an all-around much better game and, and a great way to open up conference play. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it certainly was. And, and now kind of looking down the schedule, too, um, 
one thing I think if you told me at the beginning of the season, if you told me that the season would basically rely on Kofi being the second best player, um, I'd be pretty happy with that because, you know, we've seen him produce the last couple of years. We saw him produce last year. Um, And then obviously beginning of um, 2019-2020 season. Um, So it's it's good. It's um, it's good to see him kind of getting going and um, I really got to say, too, I think the second best player right now in Illinois has got to be Andre Cabrera, right? It's got to be. I, I almost said he's the, the best, second best player um, after the Mizzou game. Yeah, I, I mean, we've been talking a lot all year about Io being one, Kofi being two, and finding somebody to be three. Curbelo has really stepped up in the games you've needed a three, so much to the point where he's almost been the two in a lot of games. I mean, Io had a good game. And don't get me wrong, he didn't need to do that much against Minnesota. He had a solid game, but the storyline was Curbelo and and Coburn, and that's a duo that, if that can emerge as the the duo where Curbelo creates, finds Coburn at these insane angles, and Coburn always catches the ball and slams it, this team's going to be really good because that's not even including your preseason All-American who can slice through any lane and knock down just about any shot. Yeah, there's there's a couple guys on the team I really felt like can can make those passes. Demonte uh, made that pass what two two times I want to say, um, and I I think Io can too as well. I Io is great setup for the uh, for the um, the slam dunk. So it's you know it it looks good. The offense looks good. I'm I'm very confident down the stretch. And moving on here on our front page, Illinois plays Rutgers on Sunday. So this will be our last chance to preview that game before they play. It's a much tougher opponent here in the Big Ten than Minnesota is going to be. Not that Minnesota was was any slouch, but just the fact that this Big Ten is loaded and Rutgers is one of those teams near the top. 5-0 and coming into the game. They're ranked 19th in the country and hosting Illinois, who's ranked 13th. The rack is a tough place to play. I think we saw Illinois lose there once last year. Um, and I don't think Rutgers lost a single home game last year or at least when we played them they hadn't lost at home to that point so really good team Ron Harper Jr. is a really good player Illinois has their work cut out for them but I still think I like their chances yeah I mean you feel good I mean Ron Harper Jr. is is one of the best guards um in the whole country let alone the Big Ten so he's gonna be tough to uh cover 27 points against Maryland is very impressive um Geo Baker just came back in Maryland he uh was able to come on the floor for 28 minutes and, and give the team 15 points um, other than that, our guy you're going to have to look out for is Miles Johnson. He's pretty good, and Jacob Young as well. Uh, played pretty well against us last year. So, um, you know, I think when it comes down to this game, it's really exploiting Kofi Coburn again. Like, you have to get him the ball, and he has to, you know, make make smart moves with it. Um, go up when he has to and, and make easy dunks. So, um, I when you look at that matchup, Clifford versus um, – um, excuse me, Clifford uh, – Omarayi, I can't say his last name, so I was just going to call him Clifford. Um, we'll go Clifford, yeah. <laughs> yeah, versus Kofi. It, 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 Kofi has a clear advantage there. So I think – and then and then we go talk about the rest of the defense. You know, who covers Ron Harper Jr.? Like, who do you feel can match his size on our team uh, this year? Do you give it do – you, do you have Io do it, or, or do you go with DeMonte on that one? That That's a tough call. I mean, it, it is a tough call because – Trent usually draws the other team's best guard, but compared to Harper, Trent's a little undersized. 
Uh, Williams usually guards the other team's either best guard or tallest guard, so you could see that matchup. But we've also seen Io take some huge strides defensively this year. Him and Frazier bottled up Minnesota's guards on uh, on this this past game. And and if Io wants to be that NBA guy, he's got to be able to shut down some of the best guards in the Big Ten. I would almost say you start Io in that matchup. Um, and just kind of play the rest of the, the game matchup-wise. I mean, obviously fouls and, and whatnot can change it, but Io's length can be key, and Io's just as quick. He's quicker than DeMonte, so he could keep up with uh, with Harper. And then I think offensively, Io against Harper, if that's the matchup, Io has the advantage um, there as well. So that, that could be an interesting matchup to look out for. Yeah, you know, Ron Harper Jr. is just a, an interesting guy because it's hard to nail down exactly what he is. Um, kind of how you you don't really know what Io is, whether he's a a shooting guard or a a point guard. Um, it you know Ron Harper is is the kind of a, a similar way. He's something between a shooting guard and, and a small forward. So it's it, it's tough to tell exactly what he is, and and that makes him a you know a threat to this team in, in terms of defense. But yeah, you know Demonte too. I think Demonte could probably handle him a little bit. But um, just want to emphasize just how good. Ron Harper is. He is an excellent player, and he's going to be the hardest guy to cover on the floor. Yeah, he, he's going to get um, some looks when it comes to Big Ten Player of the Year by the end of it. Um, he's definitely Rutgers' best player, and, and I guess the, their team kind of runs through him, so for Illinois, it's about shutting him down. Um, with that, I say we get into a little bit of some score predictions. I'm going to take Illinois to win this game on the road here against Rutgers. I've got Illinois 74 Rutgers 67 so it's going to be sort of close uh, seven point win for Illinois kind of pull away at the end uh, big game from Kofi and Io is what gets the job done I think yeah I think I'm gonna do the same take Illinois in this one um, a little bit of a higher scoring game than you are I think Illinois wins this one 75 uh, 70 uh, pulls away kind of towards the end but I think can have dominance at the beginning of the game um, similar to the way that the Duke game kind of went. I think that's, again, a, a possibility in this Rutgers game just because there's so many threats on the floor, whether it's Curbelo, um, Adam Miller, obviously the, the superstars and Kofi Coburn and Iowa DeSumo. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think I, I comfortably feel Illinois can win this game. I'm with you there. Next year on our front page, we'll shift gears into football a little bit uh, first press conference without Lovey Smith went about as smooth as you can expect it to. Um, we'll hear from Rod Smith a little bit later. You know, you could tell he was a little beat up about it. But at the end of the day, there's a game on the schedule. Illinois plays Penn State this weekend. Um, a lot of the seniors are going to be thinking about coming back, potentially going to the NFL. Rod Smith potentially trying to save his job or audition for a new one. And, and here you have this Saturday's game against a Penn State team who has also drastically underachieved and is looking to do a lot of the same things Illinois is. Yeah, it's 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 a tough game, I think, if you're going to line eye, um, which is why I'll, I don't really favor them in this one. It's just because I, when you come into this game with a new coach after a coach gets fired, it's, it's just tough to focus, really. I mean, uh, emotions all week for the guys who are going to be staying on this team, who's our next head coach. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and who, you know, how do I feel about staying at University of Illinois, right? So this is going to be a tough game. Obviously, last game for a lot of these guys, so that's kind of a disappointment. But um, I, best of luck to Rod Smith, right? First game ever head coaching, and uh, yeah, he's got a lot of things to deal with in this one. 
Yeah, I mean, don't forget this Penn State team was preseason top 10. So there's obviously a lot of talent, a lot more talent than Illinois has. Um, obviously, injuries and COVID has, has kind of struck both teams. But, I mean, here they are, you know, fighting for that last win of the season. No matter what your record ends up being, you always want to win that last game. I expect the seniors to really pour it out there. Um, and, I mean, it, it's tough. Like you said, no, you, you lose your coach. I, I That's why I don't love the move, doing it before your last game of the year. it Because it, it's, it's hard to expect these players and these coaches to – to win with without a lot of what they've been sticking to all year long. But I don't know, something about, you know, Jake Hansen's potential last game in orange and blue and, and Doug Kramer and all these guys, I, I see them leaving a little extra out there and maybe getting Rod Smith his first win as a head coach. Yeah, maybe. Um, we'll see. I think uh, I could break down Penn State for you if you'd like, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, might as well go for it. Um. Penn State is best when Sean Clifford is not turning the ball over. Um, the quarterback has kind of struggled a little bit this year, which was uh, unexpected. I think a lot of people expected Sean Clifford to be a top three quarterback in the Big Ten this year. Just hasn't panned out the way we thought it would. Um, we've seen Will Levis come in a couple times this year. It hasn't really worked out either. Um, so expect that a little bit from Penn State. If, if Sean Clifford is cooking, um, they're due for a good day. Um, from a rushing standpoint, Clifford's a pretty big threat, uh, a little bit of a dual threat guy. Uh, he can burn you, uh, uh on Lee, obviously being another one, another guy to look out for, um, as, as a potential big runner, um, in this game. Um, other than that, uh, Will Levis, obviously too, um, he can run the ball pretty well. Uh, other than that, running game isn't really present. It's all about throwing the football, uh, with Sean Clifford. Their offense really has just been stagnant this year. Um, other than the Michigan State game where they just completely dominated it, it just did not really feel the same. Um, and I, I think that kind of go almost count towards COVID a little bit just because um, just didn't really feel like Penn State ever found their rhythm this year. But that being said, the receiving core is pretty legit this year. Uh, Jahan Dotson has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I believe almost averaging 100 yards a game. So He's the guy to beat um, that will beat our secondary and uh, give us hell. Yeah, for Illinois, um, on the flip side of that, the keys are, are mainly the same as pretty much every game this year. you got to be able to run the ball and take the football away. What helps is that Penn State has struggled a little bit defensively this year and has a quarterback that is somewhat turnover prone. And they come in bunches, in bunches, similar to kind of Nebraska. Once you get them turning the ball over, they'll come in bunches, but like you said, they're at their best when, when they're not turning it over. So for Illinois, that's going to be a big thing. We know this team's weakest aspect of the entire team is the secondary. So going up against a team that loves to throw the football is a little bit concerning for Illinois. Um, so, I mean, clock management and running the football is going to be a big factor. And for me, I think that starts with Isaiah Williams at quarterback. I don't know who you think they're going to end up starting. I know Lovey Smith, I've talked about it before, has this loyalty to the starting quarterback. Um, but he's not in there anymore. The offense has looked a lot better with Isaiah Williams than with Brandon Peters. So for that reason, I think Williams gets the nod if you're really trying to win this game. But if you're trying to, you know, pay that respect to, to your senior class, maybe Peters gets the, the nod. I, I'd be shocked if they, they put up Brandon Peters. I mean, I, I Me think too. Rod Smith might, you know, I, Brett, you know, I was, I was saying this today, Rod Smith might have, might have been saying the beginning of the year to start Isaiah Williams, and that yeah, you never Brandon know. Peters just wasn't wasn't the guy. Um, 
I, I can't imagine they start Brandon Peters. I, I mean, how could you after the last game and the last couple games? It just hasn't panned out the way you want. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Williams, I think, is the future quarterback, and uh, you want to showcase him. Um, even if you're Rod Smith, I think in your final game with, with the quarterback that you want, you want to showcase your play calling. So I, I imagine it'll be Isaiah Williams with, with obviously the new head coach. So um, I, I'd be shocked if it's Brandon Peters, but we'll, we'll see. And we'll see if uh, guys play through this game. I know there's probably going to be a couple guys that say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want, I don't want to play in this one. I, I'm, you know, I'm staying back another year. I, I don't want to get injured or risk anything for the new head coach. Like I, I want to keep my position. So We'll see. I uh, I bet we have um, a couple guys choose to uh, not play in this one. And then my next question for you, it, because of COVID and everything, Brandon Peters pretty much got his senior year taken away. Is there any chance he comes back to Illinois? Yeah, there's certainly a chance, and I, it'll depend on who the head coach is. That he wouldn't maybe they start. Say, hey, I don't think. Oh, he you don't think start. he'd start? I, you know, depending Isaiah on who would. the head coach is, depending on the whoever the coach is. Um, if the coach decides to go with an air raid spread offense, yeah, that favors I, Brandon him. Pierce might say, I'll, I'll stay back another year. But, I, you know, obviously we want Isaiah Williams. He's the better quarterback of the two we've, we've determined this year. And certainly it will, will be better with an extra year of, you know, um, just learning, learning the schemes and stuff. So, um, you know, I maybe, maybe he comes back another year, <laughs> but I really think it's unlikely. All right, so with that, I say we get into a little bit of some score predictions here again against Penn State. I'll lead off again. I'll make it both ones I'm leading off. I'm going to have a little hypothesis here. If Isaiah Williams starts, Illinois wins the game. If Brandon Peters starts, Illinois will not win the game. So if Isaiah starts, I'll take Illinois winning 31-23. to And if Brandon Peters starts, I'll have Illinois losing 28-23. to yeah, I wish I thought that that would make a difference, but I, I got to say I really think Penn State's going to win this game. They've been on a roll. They're on a three-game win streak. Um, Illinois is, is not on a roll. I believe we're on a three-game losing or two-game losing streak. Um, so I, I got to go with Penn State in this one by a pretty big margin. I'm going to say Penn State wins 40-21. to 21. It's a bummer year. No yeah. head coach. No more Lovey Smith. Uh, it's time to move on to the uh, next head coach. And we've talked a lot about it. We don't know who that's going to be, but as far as candidates or anything, I know you've been tracking some planes coming into Champaign. You've got any any potential leads or ideas of – I know we've broken down some candidates, but anything further than uh, an idea? Yeah, I've um, unfortunately been spending a lot of time looking into it, um, spending some time on the flight tracker, kind of breaking it down a little bit with some uh, some other journalists and stuff, talking about it and – and trying to trying to find as much information as we possibly can, and, and it really comes down to this: there is no information out there. Josh <laughs> Women is keeping this as close to uh, like as tight as he possibly can. Um, today was the day where athletes signed their letter of intent, and uh, it pretty much went all go for the Illini. All the recruits yep. that that we've talked about for the past two months have pretty much signed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, the word I think was too that uh, Amari Hayes Stoker is is going to stay another year. Um, whoever the head coach is so that that might be a big reason why a couple of them stayed um uh excuse me <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Andrew Hay Stoker there uh pronounced his name wrong um but I I really do think that it's going to be uh Lance Leipold 
I'm not 100% sure I, I pronounced that correctly, but Lance kind of fits the MO for um, Josh Whitman. He was a guy, you know, I talked about it, coached kind of against Josh Whitman when Josh Whitman was at Lacoste uh, in Wisconsin, and um, Lance was in Wisconsin Whitewater. Look, he is a six-time NCAA Division three national champion, um, has had success at Buffalo the last couple of years, and it's just kind of, um, I don't know, to me, he's not exactly the exciting candidate, but he certainly has won a lot. The reason why, and and I can't really say this from a journalistic standpoint, just kind of as a guy who has checked the flights, there's been a lot of flights between Champaign and Detroit recently, and the MAC championship is in... Detroit. It's in Detroit. So part of me thinks that... That's where Buffalo is. I can't. I couldn't tell you. I tried looking up to see if the Buffalo team already left for the MAC championship, which again, it's it's only Wednesday, which seems premature. Um, but that that was kind of a possibility to me. Is is maybe kind of a you know a thing to uh, look into. The other thing too, I there was a report that Josh Women was um, interviewing people in Indianapolis to make it harder for people like me to figure out who he's been interviewing, um, and that guy. One of the guys that they almost for sure can um, say that he interviewed was Brett Bielema. Um, and I think that's an interesting interesting thing because it seems like Barry Alvarez kind of gave Brett the kind of okay, like or kind of the, the interview basically, in my opinion. Because the point was that Barry Alvarez basically told Josh Whitman that, that Bielema is like a good guy, he's worth it. Um so to me, that seems like he probably got him the interview and was like, hey, this, this is an open job. You might might be interested. So I'm, I'd be a little bit shocked if Josh Whitman went with him. Yeah, even though he's one of my favorites for the job, I just don't think that um, his character fits what Josh Whitman is looking for. Um, so those were kind of the two names. And apparently there's a mystery candidate that nobody knows of. So uh, that's in the mix too. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest also in the mix as a possible guy, but it's it's been very close to the chest. Nobody really knows what Josh Woman's thinking. And it, and it's also certainly possible in in the age of COVID that some of these candidates are are meeting through Zoom, and, and we might not never know who flies in or flies out. They might not even fly in and fly out. Granted, I don't think I would take a head coaching job without at least seeing some of the facilities and actually meeting some of the people. Um, but it's certainly possible at least the first wave of interviews could be going on through Zoom. Yeah, there was there was another report which I I was seemed off that there was a guy that was ready to go at the bragging rights game or during the bragging rights game, um, and that guy's kind of apparently fizzled out a little bit or they're checking back to make sure it's him or they're the, that's the guy that they want. I assume that that was Lance, um, but I, I can't can't really confirm that either way can't really confirm anything but uh all kind of speculation right now but it's interesting it's it's one thing that I do like because I like thinking about the future of Illinois football and and who that best fit is so it's it's interesting I I trust women to make the right call frankly and sticking with Illini football a little bit of news here we've got um the Big Ten released their all Big Ten teams first second and third and honorable mentions for offense and defense um, defensively, Jake Hansen and Owen Carney were named to the All-Big Ten second team. Rod Perry was listed as an honorable mention. And then offensively, Kendrick Green was on the All-Big Ten first team offensively. Chase Brown running back on the third team. 
all Big Ten, and then Mike Epstein, Doug Kramer, and Vidarian Lowe were honorable mentions. Yeah, um, no, a little bit of a surprise there that we got a first team. I don't think we've had a first team um, in 10 years, I believe. So congratulations, Kendrick Green, obviously well-deserved. Um, hope to see him in the NFL very soon. Um, and obviously congratulations to Jake Hansen, Owen Carney, um, as well as Chase Brown. They all deserved it, all Great players for Illinois this year. I'm excited to see Owen Carney back um, next year, I believe, right? He's only yeah. a junior? Yeah, should be back um, next year. And, and obviously Chase Brown, who has been awesome this year. Really um, exciting to see him. So, yeah, a couple more guys on this list, too. Look, it's good to see. I got to say, the, the most impressive has to be the first team overall. It, it goes to show you that despite not being able to win, Lovey did elevate the level of, of talent. player yeah. and talent at this at this school, whether it was – you know, recruiting the right guys or coaching them up the right way. He just couldn't end up winning, which is a shame. But Lovey has made this job a better-looking job. I think anyone who comes in here can almost expect to win right away with the players that they have right now. So, um, you know, those are the expectations from me going into next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And with that, we'll shift gears into our Say What segment. Say what? And we're going to start off here with with Rod Smith, um, who had a very interesting, emotional, telling opening statement to his first press conference without Lovey. You know, he mentioned being in debt to Lovey for everything that he's given him opportunity-wise, and you could tell he's beat up about it. So let's hear from Rod. Yeah, well, obviously it's been a lot of a range of emotions the last 24 hours for uh, myself, our entire staff, um, you know, it's as the day and the night goes by, the next day comes and it's still raw. Um, so a lot of emotions, a lot of, uh, you know, just some mixed feelings going on at the same time. Uh, we're trying to get our guys ready to play a, a very good football team in Penn State. And, uh, you know, just trying to get back to work as usual through the week. So. Uh, before I get going, I want I want I want to be redressed if I don't <clears throat> just uh, just say how much I'm I'm, I'm honored and and, and uh, it's been such a blessing to be able to have an opportunity to work with with Lovey Smith, um, first class guy, first class coach, tremendous opportunity and uh, definitely a blessing of mine to have been able to uh, be tied to the hip with him. So, yes, yeah, so I wasn't at this press conference, but I gotta say. The emotions were definitely there. Rod upset that, uh, you know, the firing of Lovey Smith and and good for him honestly to to stick through um, that and and be professional is really something to admire. Got to be really hard because even his job is up in question. Obviously, he probably will be let go by the end of the year. Um, so it's tough to kind of handle, you know, when you're a football coach and and this stuff happens. He'll be looking for a job um, very soon. So it's it's unfortunate and the best, you know hope for the best for rod smith um but he's got one more game to coach and and i hope that he uh he can win it yeah i've always liked rod and i've always liked the way he's treated us um as media what what was one of my favorite quotes of the press conference it wasn't in in the the segment that we clipped but he said i've wanted to be a head coach since i was a little boy basically but this isn't exactly the circumstance that i wanted it to happen you know, and I thought that just goes to show not only his his aspirations, but also the character and, and the respect that he had for Lovey Smith. Yeah, absolutely. 
it, it was interesting that he ended off with that Lovey Smith uh, um, little quote where he was talking about how it was an honor to coach for him and, and um, you know, it was worth it. So good good for him, and I hope that he uh, can find another offensive coordinator job and hopefully make that jump to head coach soon. Yeah, and all the best for him. The other person that talked um, that I grabbed some, some quotes from that I like to hear on, on Monday during that press conference was Jake Hansen saying, um, I didn't come to Illinois just for a coach. And talking about this week and the future of the program, he said it's bigger than playing for a coach. So you, you know a lot of these players are thinking long-term for the program. I mean, Hansen said he had all the respect for Lovey, loves them. Um, they're still going to be friends and talk, but the fact of the matter is they didn't produce, and they're going to be looking at who they bring in and trying to produce. But with that, we'll shift gears into basketball. Trent Frazier had a lot to say after the Illini win against Minnesota. I mean, he's the best big in the country, um, I believe. You know, it's just, you know, us, when we get out in transition and he's, you know, he's in that paint, uh, his for position, you know, we try to throw the ball in there 99% of the time where we, we see his numbers uh, or when he has position, you know, to uh, be successful, to score baskets. So um, tonight was his night. Um, I thought everyone, you know, did a good job to keep, keep feeding him and trying to, you know, find him because obviously, you know, he, he had an advantage down there. So, um, like I said, you know, um, that's our offense. You know, it starts with him, you know, and, I, and our other bigs, Jordan, you know, them getting down and running, you know, point, you know, just – uh, playing to the post, you know, in transition. Uh, that's what helps, you know, these other guys get open open look for threes. So um, they do a tremendous job, you know, with that of, of running, you know, and when they're ready to get having their hands ready, lobs, whatever. So um, tonight Kobe, Kobe was incredible for, uh, incredible for us, and uh, he, got, he just got to continue to do that. Really cool that he uh, he talked about Kofi there. I, I really love how he kind of hyped him up, called him best center in, in college uh basketball kind of a dig there at uh Luca Garza um so uh <laughs> Luke Garza he's uh he's just the worst I'm I'm glad that we're uh uh we're we're playing him soon but I I it goes to show you the kind of guy that um that that Trent Frazier is kind of hyping up his team hyping up his guys he's great to talk to the media and it's it's exciting to win like that and and the guys have each other's backs Absolutely. You love to see it. There was a picture, I believe, taken by Patrick Gorski um, that that kind of trended on Twitter the other day. It was just the way the bench exploded. I think it was after a Jermaine Hamlin dunk because it was a lot of the starters on the bench, DeMonte and Trent, jump in, Kofi flexing. The whole team is just all in for each other, and that's an awesome thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it, it was a great game, and it was a nice end. Absolutely. Illinois basketball in action Sunday against Rutgers Illinois football at Penn State on Saturday make sure to watch those but for now that'll do it for this edition of Oski Talk thank you all for listening we'll be back to you guys next week but for now for Patrick Catazone I'm Anthony Pasquale ILL I and I